Hey, Tom. Hey, JC. We're back again, buddy. We are. Yes, and I have I have a new idea. Oh. So have you you have you heard about this app called Cameo? No, I, I I'm an old. So the whole idea of it is that people can pay you, depending on the level of celebrity, anywhere from like twenty dollars to, in the case of I think Brett Favre is five hundred dollars. Oh, I have heard about they can, this. They can record for... a little message. Tom, I think we yeah. have enough followers now to where we need to start recording cameos for some revenue. Oh, yeah. I, I, I'm down with that. I just don't know what I would say to people. Well, you don't have to think of your own thing to say. They they pretty much pay, pay you to say what they want you to well, say. But the, so I looked at their website as I was kind of scouting it out, and it's like you just kind of be like, hey, here's what I want you to say, and you gotta you got to think off the top of your head. Which is something I'm not good at. No, that, that's why we're so horrible at podcasting. Yeah. So, like, if I wrote, hey, Tom, uh, I love the podcast. Can you give my friend Derek a shout-out for his birthday? And then you would hey. say. Hey, Derek, it's Tom from Cheaters Never Pin. Hope you're having a great birthday. Thanks for listening. That was quick. Like that. I don't think that's yeah. worth. I don't think that's worth five hundred dollars. Gonna add more to it. It's gonna be like, hey Derek, this is JC and Tom from the Cheaters Never Pin podcast. Uh, hope you're having a great day for your birthday, buddy. Uh, we don't want you to have too much fun because we know you'll hate the day. But uh, make sure you you have at least a little bit, okay? See, I like the idea of if they're gonna drop five hundred bucks. Why don't we just do our weekly podcast but just throw <laughs> the person's name in there every, like, couple of minutes? I, yeah. I was thinking you just say we like, just upload the podcast. <laughs> you're like, so, JC, and also you, Derek. I was thinking, and then, you know, we just kind of stick their name in there every once in a while when we're having a conversation. Yeah, that's true. Well, yeah, we, we just kind of – we splice it in there like the itchy and scratchy and poochy thing. <laughs> I love it. Oh, we got a we got a packed show tonight, Tom. Uh, that's a hell of a lot better than it was last week. That's true. Uh, we're going to talk about the worst ratings in a very very long time for WWE on Monday and Tuesday. Beautifully earned. Uh, we're going to talk about Rhino retiring? Question mark. It's a secret. Uh, we got some pen mail that's going to lead to a fun segment. Oh, I like fun. Yeah, I do too. Fun is great. Uh, and then, of course, we'll lead off with the the uh, discussion around the Dynamite Kid who passed away uh, this week. Yeah. So, don't even need the ten count anymore. People can no. die. People pass away without it. Thankfully, you know, because I hated murdering those people. <laughs> right. <laughs> it was it was hard work to find every week. And be like, God, who who can we take out? <laughs> Murder for the sake of a segment just really wasn't paying off. No, it wasn't worth it. All yeah. right, so let's kick this thing off, Tom. Can you do me a favor, though, buddy? Uh, what can I do for you? Can you ring that bell for me? Sure enough. You're listening to the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast, a proud part of the Section 328 Network, bringing you all the best in wrestling from WWE, New Japan, and beyond. Now, live from ringside, it's Mr. Workrate and JC. Oh, buddies, it's Bob. the Cheaters Never Pin Podcast. My name is JC. Here next to me at the commentary table with the stars is my good buddy, Mr. Workrate, Tom great to be here as always jason isn't it i look forward to this every week it keeps me up past my bedtime but it's it's cool i i i can tolerate it well this is a week of hockey after dark anyway so uh, oh i don't stay up for that. <laughs> i'm gonna try tonight i think sunday night i uh made it through the first period and i was like that was a really good first period i think i even tweeted like i'm gonna go to sleep so we can score all the goals and win and then i woke up monday and it was we lost and i was like all right, good. I didn't miss anything. I don't know. All I know is that yesterday, Calgary and Columbus took all of the goals, so I don't think there are any left. Oh, good. That's it was fine. Nine, we were... to, nine to six, I it's, think. It's fine. The Hurricanes were going to score any anyway. Burn. Yeah. All right. Yeah, that, that, that's kind of what I was coming back around to as to why I don't stay up for the late games. Right. The team doesn't even show up for the late games, so. Yeah, anyway. 
right? But that's for a different podcast. That's for uh, if we had a cheaters, or if we had a hockey podcast, we called it "Cheaters Never Win." That's a good name, isn't it? Maybe we should do that. We should. We should add that to the empire. Yeah. Oh, so let's start off with the uh, not so fun news of the day. Uh, news broke on Wednesday morning that uh, Tom Billington, better known as the Dynamite Kid, passed away uh, on his 60th birthday. Uh, the news was confirmed by WWE. Um, I don't personally have that much experience with the Dynamite Kid due to my age and where I came into wrestling. Uh, we're handing this off to me again, are we? We are. Um, but I am aware of his influence on basically what is the cruiserweight slash junior heavyweight style of today. Yeah. And that he is the godfather of that through his work pretty much everywhere, especially in Japan. Yeah, uh, Dynamite Kid started his career over in England and then came over to uh, Calgary in the Stampede uh, promotion with Stu Hart, uh, but made a name for himself both in uh, Calgary, where he got to meet uh, and wrestle both against and team with uh, his eventual partner for several years, Davey Boy Smith. Uh but he first started getting real recognition, I think, due to a feud that he had over in Japan with the original Tiger Mask, uh, which elevated, which kind of got over the Tiger Mask character as well as put him over big time. Uh, and, I mean, the mid-80s, uh, old school WWF fans remember the British Bulldogs, um, but... Billington himself just was a great influence, as you said, on uh, professional wrestlers, especially in the cruiserweight slash junior heavyweight style. Uh, probably the number one biggest impact uh, on uh, another wrestler was of the career of Chris Benoit. Benoit worshipped uh, Tom Billington, the Dynamite Kid, and just from everything from his work rate to his style to the trademark top rope headbutts. And unfortunately that style uh, led to the demise of both Billington and uh, Chris Benoit, Chris Benoit with the CTE and the various concussions and the unpleasantness, which I won't get into right now, but uh, Billington himself uh, went through a lot of uh neck and back injuries uh, through his career even in the WWF days uh, they were forced to lose the, uh, the the night that they lost their world tag team belts uh, Billington could barely walk let alone wrestle mm -hmm. he was actually carried to the ring uh, by Davy Boy Smith and kind of like propped up onto the apron and then he you know, the two of them dropped the belts, but he was, you know, kind of old school business-like. So we're going to drop the belts. We're not going to hand these belts over. We're not going to vacate them or anything like that. They wanted to drop the match that way. But he dealt with those back and neck issues for uh, an extended period of time, which eventually put him in a wheelchair, which he's been he was confined to for probably the last 20 or so years. Um I actually have a autobiography that he wrote. Uh, at least I did at one time. I don't know. I have to look through my books. But uh, it was called Pure Dynamite. And he came off uh, anyone who ever dealt with Tom Billington or spoke to him in those last 20, 25 years or so knows that Billington was a very proud wrestler, but also came off a lot of times as very bitter. Uh, he was not friends with Davy Boy uh, later on in the years and was not really friends with too many people in general. Um, and it was kind of unfortunate because he kind of just came off as this kind of lonely, bitter guy through the after his career ended and just wasn't you know um yeah. just somebody that could just had any association with professional wrestling or anything like that and it was unfortunate uh backstage uh, i 
somebody had said that uh, I, I saw on Twitter today that Dynamite Kid basically was both the best and worst of wrestling because in the ring and what he gave to the fans, he gave 110% in the ring was constant worker worked all the time, worked injured, worked, you know, great backstage. He was dick. Um, yeah. That's, that's a lot of the stories you read and not even just backstage, but like not in the ring, but to uh, fans and other people outside was also not a great human being. Yeah, he was a big river in general. I mean, and you hear uh, stories about the boys, especially the guys from the 70s and 80s, that type of thing, and the ribs that they pulled on people and how a lot of them just seemed just flat out mean. But uh, in Dynamite's case, some of the stuff got downright malicious. Um, He got into an altercation with one of the Rougeaus, which led to teeth getting knocked out and just assaults and just story. Tom Billington is somebody that anybody who's worked with him has at least a dozen stories about. So uh, you'll, you'll see it online now and you'll people come out and they'll talk about good things. They'll talk about some of the bad things, but um just look around you'll see plenty of stories uh but when it comes to influence there are few that influenced uh especially junior heavyweight wrestling just like uh tom billington did yeah Uh, if you've got uh new japan world check out there's a couple of matches between him and uh tiger mask that are really worth checking out cool sad day that's that's my ramble yeah thank you tom I knew you'd carry a solid five minutes of the show there for that. Yeah. <laughs> when I wrote that, the rundown. I should have realized I needed a drink with that, so. Yeah. Oh, well. well, that's what? what I did. I was sitting here having my beer. I like. I even muted my mic and just kind of leaned back in my chair, like back here. Like, you know, I'm having to talk loud enough for the mic to pick me up. But yeah, I just yeah. quite relaxed. It was nice. Um, so let's move on to other news. Monday Night Raw pulls the lowest rating in modern history this week. Woo! With the single lowest first hour in modern history. Uh, Let me pull the exact numbers again. I know I covered it on the Cheaters Never Pin update, which you can find in your Alexa app or on your Echo. You go to your Alexa app, add it to your flash briefing, and get wrestling news every day straight in your ear holes. In that NPR style. Yes. Tom's is a little, I don't know if you noticed last week, folks, if you listen to it, Tom's is a little more NPR style than mine. Mine's a little yeah, bit more I, like uh, top 40 or radio DJ voice, which I realized the other day when I listened back to it, I was like, holy hell, what is that voice I'm doing? And then I realized like, oh yeah, I'm in like full. <laughs> like, yeah, you just kind of roll off radio that. voice. Well, I am a lot of this is the Twitter's never put an update. And it was, You're and, just going full Doc Hendricks. Yeah. Um, if you could find uh, any of the old episodes from last week, uh, you can you can find the two days where I had a cold. So <laughs> that was the one thing I realized too. I was like, man, now that I'm doing this every day, if I've got a cold, it's gonna be it's gonna be a wreck. Or just Sp- a week ago when I just speak very carefully. Oh, that was so great though. I, I I would have done things a little differently. Having heard that now, I'm like, yeah, there's a few <laughs> things I would have done. Maybe maybe wouldn't have spoken three octaves higher than I normally do. Oh, but like I told you, like I told you a couple of days later, I was like, if you just sipped your coffee during the middle of it, like very gently, like this is your cheaters never been update. I'm Tom. Great having you here on this Sunday morning. <laughs> That's it, yeah, Tom. You're gonna do the weekend version. Yeah, it, it, it would be the Sunday edition, the the hangover edition. What if there was a CBS Sunday morning about professional wrestling? Speaking of easy talking Sunday morning program. Just be me and Mo Rocca. <laughs> That'd be fun. All right. I, I would enjoy that. Mo Rocca's a treat. Yeah. Um. So the first hour, Monday night, 2.26 million viewers. Uh, let's see. I'm trying to read the article from the Observer here. Uh, the 
average overall was 2.29 million. So there, it was not did not get much better. But the first hour was the lowest, 2.26. 9 p.m. was 2.4. 10 p.m. was 2.2. So actually, that was the lowest hour. Um, which is well, usual. That final that hour is usually the case, right? Uh, but starting off that bad, whoo! Which and yeah. I, like I don't blame people after the last week. No, I mean that's what it comes down to. Like why? Well, that's, I mean that that's what I'm at right now, and I do a damn wrestling podcast well, every week. It goes back, so I don't even admit like as much as I love the WWE product, and it's my main product that I watch, right? Like as much as I watch it and and love it and try to appreciate it, after last week and the let's book in the show with the same thirty minute Baron Corbin heat segment, I was not. I just I just knew I knew how bad it was going to be, and it's and I knew it was going to be bad too. When we get in our group text thread, uh, somebody uh, Derek sent us a picture from WWE.com of the the raw top five rundown that they always do on Monday mornings of like basically here's what's going to happen on the show, and it was like what will Baron Corbin do? And I'm like God, like stop! That article alone probably drove away half a million people after the prior week. Stop! And it sucks. It sucks because I like Corbin. I do too, but. but I, I mean that's just it but you know it's it's he's not someone to build the entire show around no and it's the problem they have when they try to book anything that's being well, the whole promotion has this problem and has had it for the last couple of years right and we discussed this last week like everything's gotta be for heat like we can't blow anything off we can't just have something that's a match like everything's gotta have interference or a run in or just to get more heat and never reaching to a point where there's a blow-off. It's just heat, 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 move on. Which is the entire is... Brock Lesnar character, by the way. Because everything is short. It's believed to be this short-term, you know, just quick. Here's the thing. Now here's the next thing. Now here's... It's the belief that it, it's such the complete polar opposite of NXT. NXT is building because I guess because it's pre uh, pre taped so that you can kind of build things out. But NXT is made for you to watch so that it is you, you watch each week to watch storylines move on, to watch progression, to see what's going to happen next. If you miss a week of Raw, you miss nothing. You come back the next week and you're like, oh, there it is again. It's the same stuff. It's made for people that are coming in just completely out of nowhere to go, oh, right, wrestling. What's going on here? And just they pick it up. Dude, it's been Lucha House rules for three <sighs> straight weeks. Yeah. I don't even want to talk about that anymore. I don't even want to I don't even want to acknowledge that that's a thing. That they like, that Vince has decided needs to be on the television for three weeks in a row. Like I, the the whole rule thing is fine. You know what? It, it's not fine, but I mean, like, it's fine if they're heels. Ignoring that completely, we've done the same thing three straight weeks. And here's my thing: there's no payoff. No, there's no, there's no like next week. There's they're never a the revival out to be the stupidest people in the world because they're coming out they're like, oh, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's the Lucha House Rules again this week. Oh, oh, it's the Lucha House Rules again Look. this week. It's, it's like, it's, Raw is the, the person in your office that tells the joke and you don't laugh, so they go away. And then five minutes later, they come back and they tell the joke again because maybe you didn't hear it the last time and it still doesn't laugh. So he goes away and then 10 minutes later, he comes back and tells the same joke again. God damn it. Why aren't you laughing? Raw is war against the viewers. Raw is war is raw is war is raw. It's just a complete loop at this point. What kills me about it too? Like... The last three weeks have been uh, like a significantly higher percentage of that because I feel like over the summer we had some decent storytelling and the show felt like it was starting to get its legs again. 
But then, like, the last three weeks have just been awful, and the ratings have, like, directly correlated that. And yet we just keep doing it. Like, I don't understand. And see, so, I, look at, I look at it this way, too. I mean, and not to be, you know, the the hipster wrestling fan that's all New Japan or whatever. But, like, I look at New Japan and I think if somebody came in and wanted me to tell, and I showed them New Japan, like, how can I explain it? And I think I would have fun explaining New Japan because here's this guy and he's this and here's here's this kind of silly gimmick. But I can explain that. And you explain all the things. And I think somebody would be like, oh, this is kind of fun or whatever. I can't do that with Raw right now. Dude, some, I can't explain it to people. You can't explain do it with any of the WWE product. Dude, explain Finn Balor to me right now. He's he's a guy. He's a guy. And that's – and. Uh, being one of the biggest Balor marks on the planet, like that pains me every week. And I mean, and it's not a slam on Finn. It is. He's a guy, dude, because that's what he's been. That's what he's been booked to do. Dean Ambrose. He's a guy who doesn't like Seth Rollins. And he he thinks the audience smells bad and has diseases. Look at that heat. Seth Rollins. He's a guy. That used to be Dean Ambrose's partner. Yep. But now he's not. And that's it. Uh, Daniel Bryan. He's a guy. Who he's pun- a guy who's a vegetarian and, and likes the environment. AJ, and punched AJ Styles in the nuts. Not like, to be confused with Shinsuke Nakamura, who punches people in the nuts, but is an Asian fellow. Right. Like, I who just likes don't. Michael Jackson. <laughs> and see that's the only reason I can do that is because I look at him and I can see a picture of him and go oh he must like Michael Jackson and I, I wouldn't know that from an actual interview no you would never know if you were a wrestling fan who was only exposed to Shinsuke Nakamura via WWE I actually they may I think they actually did talk about it in NXT so I'm going to cut them a break but main roster WWE that Shinsuke has said in interviews publicly before his two greatest influences are Freddie Mercury and Michael Jackson. And that if you didn't know that until I just said it, you now you're like, that makes a whole lot of sense. Wouldn't that be something to bring up? Oh, I don't know when the number one movie in the nation is about Freddie Mercury, but it's not a WWE studios film, Tom. That's true. You got to promote the Marine Six. <laughs> Starring Shawn Michaels and his eye. Because <laughs> that, that one's the one that's kind of separate. Yeah. So, and so, <coughs> pardon me. Oh, God, it's making me sick, Raw. Um, then let's talk about SmackDown. SmackDown, a show which generally runs at about 85% capacity to Raw. It's just the nature of it, right? Right. Post it's uh, two, below two million viewers Tuesday night, and it is the lowest viewership of that show uh, in the two and a half years it's moved to Tuesday night and been live. The only other time they've drawn drawn below two million since they moved to Tuesday nights and were live was during the presidential election here in the U.S., <laughs> where people were watching a little bit more important things. And see, you can't blame that. Like, you can blame Raw on football. They, they've always blamed Raw on football. Like, oh, well, it's Monday but Night Raw, Football. Raw always trails Monday Night Football. Raw will never beat Monday Night Football, and that's okay. But that's taking, that's taking viewership away. Once Monday Night Football goes away, then they can say, well, Raw will get better. So, okay, so let's look at last week in that context, right? Uh, the Philly versus Redskins game. Did 11.24 million viewers, which was actually up 15% week over week for Monday Night Football, which that alone shows that Raw went down 3% week over week. Okay, cool. You can look at that. But it doesn't explain that incredibly terrible first hour and the 200,000 viewer drop from the second to the third hour, which are anomalies. That's, That's purely WWE doing that to themselves. 
And as much of an apologist as I want to be for WWE because I love it, it's been terrible. SmackDown has been fine. I'm not saying it's great. They start trying, it seems. Yeah. And I mean, a lot of it may have to do with, well, we've only got two hours. We actually have to tell a story. We can't fill, you know, an hour with Baron Corbin uh, beating up baby faces. Let's see. How much of it is that? How much of it is length? I mean, because again, not to, you know, jump back to NXT or whatever, but NXT has an hour. They know they're not going to get everybody crammed into the hour. So they know that, okay, this hour we're going to dedicate to this, this, and this. And then next week we'll dedicate this, this, this. Mm -hmm. Well, part of that too goes back to what you were talking about earlier, right? They're taping three to four weeks of TV at a time right? with, with a clear end goal in mind. I don't know why the main roster can't look like it is now December. WrestleMania is in four months. That is the end goal right now. <laughs> like everything you're doing should be moving up to that. Would you have to fill up MetLife Stadium? Because in six weeks time, it's the Royal Rumble, which is the first step on that. Like, and we, I mean, oh I'll give them credit. They have started a little bit of the Royal Rumble stuff with the, the Braun Strowman stuff about, you know, if he beats Corbin, he gets Brock at Rumble. Is, is Strowman even going to make TLC? We don't even know yet, right? Right. Um, so I don't know why. And you know, you know, somewhere in his head, Vince knows the card he wants for WrestleMania. Top sure. to bottom, it is in his head. But why he can't go, all right, let's start laying that out now and let's work backwards instead of, holy crap, it's two weeks before WrestleMania. We got to start going home and actually booking matches for the show that don't involve Ronda Rousey, John Cena, The Undertaker, and Hunter, who won't even be on the show, so let's take him out. And the thing is, it's like we're we're doing this. And you can blame Vince on, you know, Vince being 70-something years old. It's like, oh, you know, the product's passing by or whatever. But planning ahead of time should be something that WWF, WWE does as, like, a symbol of its past. Vince McMahon comes from an era that they booked 12 months in advance almost. Mm -hmm. I mean, not always, but I mean, say like six months in advance, like they knew pretty much like WrestleMania fours main event was done on the concept of knowing that what they wanted to do for WrestleMania five. Yep. That's how it was all drawn out completely down the line. Like yeah. we're going to put the belt on Randy Savage because we're going to get Hogan involved and we're going to have this partnership and it's eventually going to break apart. And then that's going to be the big main event match for WrestleMania five. Yep. That was known 12 months in advance. Now I'm not expecting them to work that far in advance because I mean, well, crap changes all the time, but I mean, you can't tell me that, Oh, well it's Vince's fault that, you know, they're not planning ahead of time. Now, Vince has things that he wants in mind. There's way too many people apparently involved that are throwing the book all together and doing this and doing that and moving things around. There's there's too many moving parts. Yeah, I don't think you can ever blame the crazy, just loose booking on Vince. Vince is a very brilliant guy. Vince knows this business. The business has not passed him by. He is a genius, which is the weirdest thing I think I've ever said out loud. Yeah, like likes pee jokes, but you know, but knows what the hell he's doing. Somewhere in his email on a whiteboard somewhere is has been the WrestleMania card for months. But I think what they get too focused on, especially now, is ooh, we got to look at what's trending. We got to look at social media. We got to look at this and that. So they're afraid to book, to build something. They're being reactive instead of proactive. But are they? 
No, because because we're we're saying that we're going. Oh well, you know they're they're hitting social media. They're looking at this. They're looking at that. But they're not really, because you look at so, so many of these people that have gotten over for one reason or another online, or you know just kind of have this kind of cult following or whatever. And it seems like WWE goes out of their way to kill that. Let's look at Becky. I'm not I'm not saying that they don't need to be reactive at some point, right? This is that is obviously something they need need to react to still. And I think they actually have now. I think we're now Becky, positioning Becky that is, correctly. Becky is like something that they couldn't kill if they wanted to at this point. No. And they've tried. They're like, we'll make her the heel and to Becky's credit, she has rolled so damn well with it. And yeah. the crowd has eaten it up. I mean, mm-hmm. the crowd ate it up before when they wanted Becky as the baby face, you know, Becky Balboa. You know, they, they wanted to put the belt on her. They wanted Charlotte as a heel. They wanted Becky as the face. They wanted Becky to go up against, you know, against all odds and actually take the belt. So what did they do? They, they keep Charlotte as a face. They turn Becky heel and the crowd eats it up completely. It's like, fine, we'll take that. Whatever gets Becky over. And it, it shouldn't have worked. And it has been working consistently. Right. And I mean, part and of that their... has nothing to do with WWE. It has some, it has to do with Becky on her own using social media and, basically getting herself even more over than she was even before. And it's, it's been fascinating to watch. Yeah. Well, and part of that's a reaction to WWE's booking, right? You have her get all these title opportunities and keep failing and keep failing and you book her into oblivion. And so you finally get her in the position where she has the title and it's challenging as a heel. And the crowd's like, well, finally, at least it's still Becky. But they, you know, they did so much damage to begin with to that character and to the fans even kind of caring. The minute you give her edge and you give her a position, they're going to react. Yeah. Just everything. Yeah. Everything is terrible. Please come back, Roman. We need a baby face. That's my biggest fear, too. When he comes back, they're like, he's heel. Can you imagine? Yeah. Yes, I can. I can imagine, and it's sad. After all that time. <laughs> can you imagine the heat you'll get? <coughs> but it won't. Oh, that'd be great. You know what else it's time to be proactive about, Tom? What's that, JC? Holiday shopping. Man, it's already Hanukkah. It is. I think we're on the, as we record, this is the third, fourth night. I don't have Hanukkah music, sorry. <laughs> as as, as I say, not <laughs> to quite the Hanukkah. Hold on, I can find some. Hold on. Let's carry this ad read while I find Hanukkah music. Well, Hanukkah started, let's see, sundown of the second, so that was Saturday. Sunday, so. Or, oh, yeah, Saturday, Sunday morning. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so, yeah, so you got the sundown there, so goes into the second to third that way so it's three two sunday monday tuesday wednesday the fourth day of hanukkah i just found hanukkah music on youtube i don't know what this is i guess it's a piano recital yeah i can find better keep going okay but anyway uh hanukkah is a little bit of a different shopping experience because you're not necessarily buying your best gift now. You're buying consistent gifts. So that that present that you get on the fourth day of Hanukkah, which is, I guess, today. So it's like fourth night of Hanukkah. It's the first night of Hanukkah. Saturday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday. What's this fifth night of Hanukkah. Okay. So fifth night of Hanukkah, that present's good. Eh, not necessarily that great. Right. But it's something. It's something that, you know, if you're scanning your. There we go. There you go. And when it's dry and ready, 
There's Hanukkah music. So, you know, little tiny presents that you might want to purchase. Because, you know, when you have to buy eight days worth of presents, <laughs> not pricey. every day is going to be the best. Right. But where can you find cheap, affordable presents that you can get quickly? I mean, on the fourth night, you have four left. Those things are going to be here fast. Yeah, you, you got to get them if here. You didn't plan the already. Day. So, what you do is go to choosingtherepin.com. Ooh, yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah. Uh, and not necessarily so much merch on our site. Which there, mean, there is. There is. I mean, feel free to purchase that. But um, but regardless, click on that Amazon.com button. It's it's large. It, it takes up most of the screen. You click on that. You can click on the Patreon button, but that's a separate ad read. Yeah. So click on that Amazon.com button. brings you to Amazon.com. And then you go and you shop and you look for guilt, maybe. I mean, if you're not going to I say don't don't buy that on Amazon. Don't don't buy that on Amazon. If you're not going to the mall and get good quality guilt. If you're not in one of the seventy best malls in the country. Yeah. Yeah. But um, but you know, little you want to buy a dreidel. Yeah. Dreidels are fun. Teach your children gambling. That's what that's maybe what is. maybe you uh, realize you only have seven candles. Yeah. You need some candles. Yeah. Yeah. Get your own menorah. Oh, yeah. Because you can have one. You can have more than one. There, there are theme menorahs if you're into that type of thing. Are there really? Yeah, you can get – it doesn't have to be like a you know the stereotypical gold type thing. You can get like kid, kid things based on like kids' characters and that type of thing. Oh, that's cool. Kind of make it – Make it fun. I didn't know because I don't sit and uh, search for menorahs that often. But uh, that's Han- good to know. Hanukkah's not a high holy day to that extent, so right. it's you know, you have fun with it. You don't, you know, it's it's not really disrespecting or anything like that. But anyway, you buy whatever merch that you want to. You load up your cart. You pay for it. You get it sent to you the next day, or you know. They have a couple of days. If you're if you're shopping for Christmas, you've got a little bit of time. You're shopping for Hanukkah, send it next day. But when you make that purchase, a few of those pennies that you spent go into our pockets instead of Jeff Bezos' pocket. Yeah. So go to cheatersneverpin.com, click on the Amazon.com button, do your shopping, pay for it. For all your holidays help us out a little bit yeah and hey you can you can hanukkah shopping uh christmas shopping kwanzaa shopping new year's day shopping yep Yep. shopping for boxing day you can go ahead and start prepping for valentine's day yeah you can do that easter's april this year yeah huh boxing day yeah that's the way to go um, after being fired from Monday Night Raw, quote unquote fired from Monday Night Raw, uh, after losing to Heath Slater on Monday night, kayfabe brother, kayfabe brother. Um, Rhino, you were telling me this, and I totally missed this news piece. Apparently, Rhino cut a promo uh, after the match uh, for the the live crowd, uh, thanking them and retiring. Yep. All right. Has has come to the end of the line for Rhino, I guess. Um, I I don't know health wise if he's decided to hang them up because of health reasons or if it's just because he's a forty something year old guy <laughs> who has great political has aspirations. On, has been on the road for quite some time now, and has decided, you know, I got enough money in the bank, and like you said, has political aspirations, and yeah. So thank you, Rhino. He uh, he made a pretty decent comeback too. Yeah. Like he kind of left WWE, kind of left the scene a little bit, and then it was a couple of years ago he came into NXT, just started doing a couple of matches for them, and then when they had the brand split, uh, they signed him. When they it was like Rhino and Kurt Hawkins and uh, Jinder. 
And they were just looking at were... bodies, pretty much, that they were familiar with. When they announced Shelton Benjamin, and then he didn't show up for seven more months? Yeah. Because, and... because they announced him before he cleared medical? <laughs> Lol. And they're like, oh, wow, he can't actually perform for us right now. But yeah, he turned that around and stuck around for two plus more years and probably made some pretty decent money doing it. And yep. Had some fun, had a title run for probably one of the more unlikely title runs yeah. that there's been WWE a fun for one. recently. Yeah. That was a fun tag title run. That was a fun team. Him and Heath just did a really good job just working off of each other. And I'll never forget the the segment they did where Renee went to Rhino's trailer or Heath's trailer to interview them. And Rhino's just drawing the faces and cheese whiz on the Ritz crackers. <laughs> Somebody had uh, a response on Twitter that after the news of him retiring, it was just a picture of like a cracker with cheese whiz. <laughs> that was this frowny face. Oh, that's funny. But, uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Reno. Thank you for all the years all over the place. Um, and then before we get to pen mail, I think we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the re-debut of the greatest sports league of all time. A-X. I feel like we're going to end up doing an XFL podcast, Tom. I just have this feeling. There's not a team in Raleigh. Screw that league. Yeah, but you'll cheer for... Well, let's talk about where the teams are. That was the announcement today. Uh, Commissioner Oliver Luck got in front of the mic. Uh, they talked about kind of the progress the XFL is making, but the main part was where the cities and host venues will be um, for the eight-team league in 2020, um, which all the teams are owned by the XFL, which is a good thing. It'll keep it a little more financially stable. But here is where they will play. Uh, the announcement was made from MetLife Stadium in uh, the Meadowlands, which will be the first city. So that's Tom's team. We uh, Globe Life Park in Arlington, the former home of the Texas Rangers, uh, will be the Dallas host. Cool. Right. That's that's a baseball stadium. Mm-hmm. Yep. But but football. Right. I mean, they have, okay. They we have bowl games every year in baseball stadiums. Okay. Terrible sidelines. It's gonna be awful. That's gonna be the that's the worst venue they pick. Um, TD ECU Stadium in Houston, Texas, home of the University of Houston football team, um, will be a host. So for Houston, obviously. Uh, the StubHub Center, which is a soccer venue in Los Angeles. It's where the Chargers play. Is it? Yeah, when they move, the Chargers are supposed to get a new stadium, but it's not play? finished yet, so That's they put them. Oh, see, I don't keep up with NFL, so I have no idea. My heart yeah. lies with one professional football league. It was it was kind of a joke almost because most football stadiums in general, at least for NFL, are 70,000, 80,000-seat <laughs> stadiums. This is 20. And, and this is a 20,000-seat yeah. soccer stadium. Right. Um, St. Louis. We'll get football again. The Dunwood America Center will host an XFL team. CenturyLink Field in Seattle will also have a team. It's a big-ass place for, for a team. So is, so is MetLife. But. Yeah. Uh, Raymond James Stadium, Tampa Bay, Florida. Well, that's, that's Tampa's. That's the Buck Stadium, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah, so there you go. Uh, and then Audi Field, home of the D.C. United in replacement for RFK in Washington, D.C. will field a team. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I guess we pull for the... Oh, we'll pull for the New York team. I, I, I'm just waiting. I'm waiting on logos and colors. Yeah. Nothing on here, like, grabbed me. Like, D.C. or Tampa did, because I was like, all right, those are the two closest. But, you know. As... And I have to throw this... I think every six months or so, I have to throw this out there. As a former XFL <laughs> season ticket is. holder, you were the only person I was thinking about uh, that I that I was. Yeah, I sprayed that right. You were the only person I was thinking about when I was watching the press conference today. Yeah, <sighs> uh, I would say good times, but they weren't. <sighs> Cheaters never tackle. Coming, yeah, coming in two thousand twenty. That new New York New Jersey Hitmen team was a poor team. 
defense defense was actually halfway decent. It it was the 2018-2019 Carolina Hurricanes of pro football. Yikes. They couldn't score a point if they tried. Oh, fun. I think they averaged 11 points a game. Ooh. Which in the XFL, which if I remember correctly, as well, at least in the later weeks, it was a pretty high scoring league. Once everyone kind of found their footing. Yeah, I mean, there, there were some teams that just kind of, you know, aired it out, but didn't the Hitmen, co- not the Hitmen, the that co- was the New York New Jersey team, didn't the Vegas team end up being the the only champ, the champion? Uh, the LA team. Okay. Gotcha. They won the million dollar <laughs> championship. Yeah, I have a feeling we won't see that this time. Good old Tommy Maddox. Less stall, more ball. XFL 2020. All right, Tom, let's move on to pin mail. Okay. You got to start us out, though. Ooh, I like that. Yeah, that I really prepare these. That was the most jingle esque. I enjoyed that. Okay. Yeah. Um. So we're gonna we're gonna go to a short question first, and then we got a longer one that we actually prepared for today. That's right. Tom and I did prep today, folks. I have a piece of paper. <laughs> Um, the first one for our buddy at inlock716, Noah's Ark84 on Twitter. Uh, where do you see Brian Miz going after last night's SmackDown? It's going to Mania. I believe this is one that's on that's on the sheet of paper. One of them is winning the Royal Rumble. And it could be Miz from the 30 spot. <laughs> yeah, I guess... I don't. I, I'll roll with that. That 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 works. Yeah, right. I can see Miz and Oscar winning. Uh, mixed match again. Getting their vacation, their Alex Pence paid vacation, wherever they choose. Which is a YouTube series I would watch. That sounds hilarious. And then, uh, yeah, Miz wins from the thirty. Down. I mean, but then it's heel heel. That's which is, which is weird. I don't know. But does Miz become face in the process? Maybe. I don't even know that there is. I don't know. There are no faces anymore. Yeah, that's true. Everybody's heels. Because that's the only way you get heat, is if everybody's a heel. You're either a cowardly heel or you're a cool heel. Yeah, there you go. Everybody's got to be a dick. All right, here's the long here's the long form question. This is coming from at SOB must pay. JB over on Twitter. Uh, okay. In, in light of rumors about the elite promotion, you can draft one person, any role, from each promotion to start your roster. No limit to the other number of promotions. Who you got? I'd love to hear picks from other countries and in these two. So here's what we did. We took uh, the three main promotions here in the U.S. Or, well, we took three promotions. I picked three for us to pick from. And then we got to choose three others on our own. So WWE, New Japan, and Impact kind of being the big three, which it's, feels so weird. I guess I could have done Ring of Honor. That would have made more sense. Yeah, probably. But we were the ones with cable TV deals. <laughs> Those are the big three. Uh, and then we got to pick three on our own. And I went all wrestlers. I didn't pick any other roles. Because I, I think you start with the talent, and if you've got the right talent in place, yeah, you just hire Vince Russo to screw it up. So let's start with uh, who you would draft from WWE to start your roster. See, I've got two names, so I don't know if I should. Do you want me to go first? first? I mean, I can, because I think I almost wrote two, because I was like, I bet we both have this one. And that's AJ. That's the phenomenal one, AJ Styles. No, I didn't go there. Okay, I went with AJ Styles. He's so so technically gifted. So here's my reasoning on that. It's like I'm starting a wrestling promotion, right? Oh, you want to you want to like get some fresh talent, like some fresh faces. I love AJ. I'd love to have him on my promotion. Where am I going to be in three years? Because AJ is going to be winding down soon. But if you book, if you have AJ, you've got those three years. You've got especially those first couple years when you're building your brand 
to be the cornerstone of the brand, get eyes, get viewership, really set you up on the right path, help build other talent, and then he, fa- you know, that he can, you know, be a GM or an agent or whatever. That was my thought process. So, I thought a couple of different ways, and I ended up going with the Miz. Okay, uh, I can get behind because- that too. Because Miz can still work, I mean, decently. Uh, but, you know, it's wrestling isn't 100% work rate. Um, no. It, it's it's good to be able to look presentable out there, but we need entertainment value. We need mainstream access. And like it or not, I mean, scene is not going to be, you know, showing up on a regular basis, really. Right, so. Right you have to look to see who else can hit the mainstream. And I had Seth Rollins listed too. And I was thinking between the two of them, but I had it down to AJ and and Seth and then went with AJ. Yeah. I went with Miz just because I mean, between the USA show right now and Mm -hmm. I mean, he does have the ability to get on some movies technically. And you kind of have to weigh it like that too it's like well could he eventually parlay that into a movie career and then like a real movie career not marine six movie career but an actual i mean think of how many like wwe kind of produced products and mediocre b movies that the rock went through before he hit his mainstream call true so I don't know. Maybe work with that for a little bit and see how that works. Right. But so that's where I'm going with that. I feel that. All right, New Japan. Who you got? <sighs> so I weighed a couple of ideas here too, but um, I think I have to go with the marks on this one and go Kenny, Kenny Omega. Okay. Um, mainly because, well, my promotions in America. And I kind of want somebody that can cut promos in English and as well as have great matches and, you know, do all the things that he could do there. Hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, Tanahashi's great and all, but I don't want him to necessarily have the kind of same kind of issues that we're running into with Nakamura where, right. and Nakamura can actually speak English, but the language barrier makes it a little bit difficult. So I want star power. And again, we're building around him. So I'm going with Kenny Omega. All right. So you're thinking too small. You're trying to build an American promotion. I'm building a global entertainment phenomenon. Okay. Yeah. Cause that, that happens like that. Right. Yeah. It's easy when you draft okay. the talent. I do. Okay. Which is why I chose Kota Bushi. Cause I'm building the all work rate promotion. <laughs> As you'll see further down the line. And see, I I was thinking of Coda, and I, I love him. And I think of anybody, he's one that can kind of get away with a minimal amount of speaking. Oh, for sure. But, you, you could put a mouthpiece with him. Yeah. You could have Heyman being the voice of the Golden Star, Coda Abushi. Coda would be embarrassed by having Heyman as his like sound piece. Like, no, 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 you, you say too many things about me. Just put it be entertaining. Okay. Yeah. And um, then he would shoot fireworks off his head. <laughs> also, see, that's a good thing about Kota Bushi, right? You know, you've got the serious wrestler, but if you need him for that comedy match, he's got that DDP, that DDT background. Yeah. Like, we're good. Um, Impact. This one we probably chose the same person on. I had two from this one, too. Okay. So if, oh. you, if you would like to pick first again, I will take the. I will go with Johnny Impact. Yeah. Johnny Mundo. I don't because think you'd be wrong there. No, I mean, he's just such a good wrestler. He could play kind of any role you wanted to put him in, face, heel, whatever he needed to do, preferably heel, because he just, with his look and his presence, just the slimy, greasy, cocky heel is such a good place for him. See, I've already got one of those. Ooh, teasing. No, I've already got one in the Miz. So, oh yeah, that's I mean, true. Oh my God! Well, uh, as much as I like Johnny Impact or Johnny whatever the name of my promotion would be, it's kind of <laughs> Johnny. Insert name here. Yeah. So I'm gonna grab me Pentagon Junior. 
<laughs> okay. Because he's he's fun. Penta Zero M. Yeah, or whatever name that we'd have to change it to. <laughs> okay. All right, I like that. That's Penta, good. Penta Penta. Get some badass he, in there. He just he just has a great look to him. Like, mm-hmm. I mean, the closest I can kind of attribute him is like when I was a kid growing up. And seeing Great Muda for the first time. Yeah. And just having this look to him like, holy crap, who who is this? Penta just has that presence. Yeah. Yeah. And it's you know, and That's he can fun. he can pull out a regular match, he can pull out a hardcore match, he can, you know, just do all the different styles. Mm-hmm. So Okay. Yeah. So what is the first uh outside the box promotion you chose from? We'll see if we have any on the same list here. Um, I was going to cheat and just take more new Japan wrestlers. Cause okay. again, my, my knowledge of indie, well, I can't take one independent wrestler, I yeah. guess one person from each promotion, because, but, you know, it's... because he's not, because I don't think he's technically officially signed. It has been rumored that he is signed, Okay, but it is not official yet. So I'm taking Walter. He is. Yes. WWE. But you could attribute him. You could attribute not, him to uh, PWG because he's. He, I have. I have not seen the press release. Yeah, he is the PWG World Champion. So there you go. Time to pick from PWG. But he hasn't. Has he not? Has it officially been announced that he is? He is still, I mean, I know he's going. He is still the World Champion of PWG. Yeah. So all right. Um. So I did go to Ring of Honor. And I took Jay Lethal because he's a he's such a versatile player. Okay, you just wanted to do Flair. <laughs> yes. How did you know? I need to. Re- I'm rebooking an entire TNA angle. <laughs> all right. What's your next one? Um. All right. So if I have to pull a Ring of Honor guy in. You don't have to, um, but do it. No, I, I, I'll go with the main Ring of Honor guy that I still know. Um, I say Daniel. Which of, yeah. <laughs> which goes completely against my whole age thing that I was talking about before. But I think we can add the two of that together because I think he also could probably book the promotion at this point. Oh, yeah. Uh, just because of his knowledge of the business at as it is right now, like he could still put together some matches, but I mean, right. just to have his knowledge in the back would just okay be great. I can dig that. Um, so I'm gonna go to Mexico. I'm gonna go to CMLL, and I'm gonna pick someone who is known to the New Japan crowd, uh, and that is Dragon Lee, because I need some f- flippy crap, man. Almost did it, by the way. <laughs> Good catch. <laughs> um, he's just so gifted. I, to me, he's he has all the trappings of if he gets on a big enough stage, he's the next Rey Mysterio Jr. And he's yeah. got the presence. He's got the look. He's got, I mean, he's just, again, he is the entire package. Yeah, I watched him on Best of Super Juniors, and I was surprised he didn't get more of a push. Well, he's, you know. He was on excursion there. Or not excursion, but on loan, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, but still, I mean, Best of Super Juniors is one of those places where you get, like, I wasn't expecting him to win the tournament necessarily, but I expected him to do a little bit better than he ended up actually doing. True. But, yeah, he's fun. Yeah. All right, who you got? Last one. Uh... Well, not technically stealing from New Japan again, so uh, I will steal from I don't know what, Rev Pro. Technically, I guess. Are you going to say? Are you going to say the British Heavyweight Champion? No. No. Ooh, okay. All right. No, I was I was just going to take Osprey. Yeah, that's a good choice. Uh, from whatever that you could say is from whatever that promotion is, he just started in Australia. Okay. There you go. <laughs> yeah, Osprey's a good 
that's the youth. Just book him not as often so he can heal up, please. Take good care of him. I mean, we just talked about Dynamite Kid, and it's true. There, there's another one that's kind of going in that direction. Yep. Um. So I'm also gonna take. I'm gonna take a talent that lives in the UK that's from the area of Australia. He's actually from New Zealand. I'm gonna go with uh from Progress, T.K. Cooper. Okay. He just has this swagger about him. I mean, I went back and forth and. I was going to pick Travis Banks, but since Travis is signed to WWE now, I didn't want to do it. But I, looking at one third of the South Pacific power trio, I took TK Cooper. Okay. Look him up. He's, he's great. And he's just, uh, especially if you go back and you go to some of the old progresses around like chapter 30, 40, where it's just before he, they joined up with Travis Banks and it's just him and Dahlia Black. And they're just literally making out the entire way to the ring. And it's just the grossest, biggest heat magnet thing on the planet. And then they just get their ass kicked. And it's amazing. I was going to say, I can remember <laughs> you showing me progress shows with the at least the power trio. Yeah. Yeah. Because I, I remember it was that match that made me fall in love with the uh, uh, shiniest wizard there. Oh, yeah. With uh, Nick's Newell. Yeah. Yep. Because it was it was the three of them against Nixon and I forgot who the hell she was teaming with, but I don't remember. Yeah, yeah. I just like TK too. I think he's a good dude. So yeah, I'd be happy to have him in my promotion. Okay, that's fun. Yeah, we do more of that. <laughs> yeah, next time we are completely shot with ideas, and it's kind of a week week uh, a week week. That doesn't sound right, but. It, when, when we're a little lacking on the wrestling news, yeah. we'll, we'll try one of those things again because we've done the drafts a couple times before. Exactly, and, and we'll, we'll we'll do a draft of five or something like that. Who knows? You don't want you don't want more than that. Yeah, and you know what? we can always throw something in the can too uh, ahead of Christmas because I think this this epi- uh, our Christmas week will be on the twenty sixth. So, yeah, I think we'll just uh, put that shit in the can since yeah. Raw and SmackDown will be pre-taped. For two weeks in a row. Well, Raw won't for two weeks, only for one week. But So we'd be able to pre-tape their pre-tape and then Holy crap, we could just about that's it. true. It's happening right now. Oh my god, we could. Thank you, Vince. Um, anything uh, else? You're welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Anything else you want to get into tonight? Nah, I got nothing. Cool. All right. Well, uh, tell the people where they can find you on the internet then. Go on the Twitter machine, at MrWorkRate, at MRWorkRate. Uh... If you really want to hit all the other social media things, look for Mr. Workrate there because nobody else wants to be Mr. Workrate. So it, it's pretty much me. <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter at JC Bobbitt, J-C-B-O-B-B-I-T-T on Twitter or wherever finer social media is purveyed. Uh, you can find the show on Twitter at Cheaters in VR Pen. You can find us on Instagram at Cheaters Never Pen, fully spelled out. Um, you can find us on your Roku device. Go to your channel store. Uh, and download the Cheaters Never Pin app and listen to us on the best screen in your house. Uh, you can also add us to your flash briefing on your Alexa every morning, uh, Monday through Friday, for the best wrestling news in the world. That's the Cheaters Never Pin update. You can add that uh, by visiting bit.ly slash capital C, capital N, capital P, flash. Uh, link is in the episode description, or just go to your Alexa app and search for Cheaters Never Pin update. I'm on the Pokemon Go. If you really want to be my friend on that, you can hit me up on Twitter and I'll give you the trade him, digit code trade or whatever him for it is. Charizard or something. I don't know any. I know nothing about Pokemon. No, that actually works. That's Yay. accurate, I think. Cool. Get a Mewtwo. Yeah. Squirtle, I don't Squirtle. Have, I don't, Squirtles are the best. Psyduck was always my favorite, at least from the cartoon, just because he, yes. he, he just walk around complaining of his headache all the time. I'm like, I feel for this guy. <laughs> All right. Well, next week we'll be back uh, going home for TLC. I think that'll, that'll probably be the majority of our week next week. Oh, uh, yeah. Can't Another wait. pay-per-view. Yep. So send us some pin mail. Yeah, please. Yeah. More uh, draft ideas or something along those lines. Yeah. If we, I mean, if we can draft, like, we can do, like, a mini, like, three draft every week in pin mail. It's super easy. As long as you get it to us, like, 
before 8.45 on Wednesday. Yeah. Because <laughs> I wrote down things, and then I ignored most of them anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you for listening as always. Uh, be sure to tell two friends about this show and give us five stars on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to us on. Uh, I think that'll do it. So we're yeah. going to get out of here for this week. Uh, my name is JC. I'm Tom. And we'll catch you on the flip side.